watch reality TV. Hi, I'm Megan, and I don't. And welcome to For Reality, though. How are you, Megan? I'm good. <laughs> How are you, Ashley? I'm good. So, for all of you at home, uh, we are in the middle of a pandemic. In case so, you didn't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, spoiler alert. Um, but we are practicing social distancing, and today we are calling each other on the phone, and we are doing a quarantine social distancing episode of the podcast. Yeah, it's working pretty well so far. Um, I am at home. I have my little recorder. Ashley's on the phone. And so, yeah, Ashley, what are we going to talk about in this episode? Well, we're going to talk about before the 90 days, just to keep it simple. But before we start, I just want to remind you to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get our podcast and leave us a five-star and written review. And if you do that, we will give you a shout-out on our podcast today. And we have a couple of those to give out at the end of our episode. Yeah, fun stuff. Also, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at For Reality Though, that's T-H-O. And every Sunday, we live tweet 90 Day Fiance, colon, before the 90 days. All right, so what do you remember from the last time we talked about this? Um, oof. I remember... We were, I feel like it was really, we were just getting our first look at a lot of these couples. You know, I think it was like, I, there were only maybe an episode or two had aired, so we were just starting to get to know people. Um, you know, I don't think any of our catfish people have been officially catfished yet. Um, but they were on their way to, (laughs) what's the one lady that's going, that has Williams or whatever, the guy in England? Yolanda and Williams. Yes, Yolanda well, and Williams. Uh huh. We'll we'll get to them in a bit, but first, I would like to introduce you to the one couple we have not met yet. Oh, okay. And that is David and Lana. David is sixty years old. He is a computer engineer from Las Vegas, Nevada. And Lana is a twenty-seven-year-old hot blonde woman from Ukraine. Catfish. Yes. <laughs> definitely. I'm, I'm going to say it, it's so stupidly obvious, this is a catfish. Mm-hmm. So, David and Lana have been in a relationship for seven years. It started when he was 53 and she was 20. If that puts it into perspective for you. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Um, they only are able to chat on a special website where you pay by the minute. And you can't actually have voice conversations with these people. You can just have, like, AOL instant messaging type conversations. Oh, my God. So it's like, I am porn. Yes. Oh, my God. Everything about this screams scam. Mm -hmm. And this guy is either totally in on it and just trying to be on TV and is super bored and just wants his 15 minutes the same, or he's just that delusional. Mm-hmm. And I can't really tell which one it is. At least not yet. Yeah. Maybe it'll get obvious in a couple of episodes. But um, we first meet David when he is shopping for big-ass RV homes. You know, the ones like you can drive. <laughs> I was about to ask, is big-ass a technical term? I think so. That is definitely a technical term. <laughs> I'm 100% correct on that. <laughs> but these are like $300,000 RVs or whatever. And he says his plan is to retire soon, sell his home, and just travel around the country. And he wants to bring Lana over to do all this with him. Mm-hmm. Go back to David's house and he's showing every, the, everyone around. And he's like, I'm planning on selling everything except these. And he pulls out two unicycles and he just starts riding them around mm-hmm. and apparently he's a unicycle enthusiast and we get no information otherwise about that oh he's my god he's just like yeah I'm gonna sell it myself and take my unicycles and drive my RV across the country with my Ukrainian saddle ride oh my god and everything about this is like this is just too stupid 
Like, I don't know how to feel about this. I mean, I hope that you feel that it's stupid. (laughs) Well, yeah, but, like, just watching him, like, if he were computer science or computer engineer, I feel like you would have a better idea of how things work. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's the one thing that I'm just like, if this guy just, like, pulling our leg, like, why are you doing this? How can you cannot be this stupid? Yeah. So he's been to the Ukraine three times, and the first time... She gave him the excuse that she had to have some sort of operation. And then she gave him, on the second time, gave him the excuse that her brother died. Mm-hmm. And I can't even remember what the third one was. Yeah. But also, I've watched enough regular catfish on MTV to know that medical, major medical events and death is like the two biggest excuses catfish give whether or not they're going to meet up with you. Yeah. So well, Yeah, that makes sense. Job. Those are the two things you can't, you know, you can't go- figure out something else around, you know. Exactly. And you can't, like, if you, like, question them about it, you're going to sound like a dick. Yeah. Um, so right off the bat, this all already sounds bad. She's never heard her voice. She's only seen photos of her. He's only talked to, he can only talk to her on this special website that pays by the minute, which is just ridiculous. Say for all for seven years. Like this has to be a scam. Like this is not real. That's insane. Um, so the first we see him going to dinner with his friends and it's I forgot his friend's name, but the wife of his friend is originally from Ukraine and they met on a similar website. Not the same exact one. Oh, so that's and why also, he's holding out hope. Well, this also, this Ukrainian woman had to pay for the website. It wasn't, like, this was a legit thing mm-hmm. that she did to try and meet someone and, you know, get married. Straight up at dinner, this woman tells David, this is a scam. I know how this works. Don't go back. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I think it's going to work out this time. There's no excuse. It's going to happen. Um, we also find out about David. Have you ever seen those documentaries about, it's a documentary about men who go to Eastern Europe specifically to go meet women? I mean, I haven't specifically watched a documentary about it, but I've heard of that as a trend. Like, yes. I know it's, and I know um, it has a lot to do with like the child sex trade type thing yeah it's super weird super dark it's pretty creepy but um we find out that david has gone to ukraine before meeting lana on special trips to go try and meet women mm-hmm. and one of those women is his friend anya who still lives in ukraine they met 12 years ago on a special trip but According to him, there was no connection, and she was not, or she was too shy. Mm-hmm. So it never panned out. And now Anya is married, and she's still living in Ukraine, and they have just stayed friends. Yeah. So the next time we see David, he's having an internet chat with Lana about um, about this, and even Anya's like, yeah, this is a scam. I don't really like this. You should move on. So, you have two women from the Ukraine telling you to knock it off, and you're still going to keep pursuing it? Yeah. So, before he leaves Ukraine, he goes to the jewelry store, because he's going to go buy an engagement ring, and he goes up to the jewelry guy, and the guy's like, hey, what are you looking for? He's like, I'm looking for an engagement ring. All I know about my fiance is that she is blonde and she has small hands. Oh my god. And then he basically tells the jewelry store guy his whole life story about Anya. And the jewelry guy's like, hey, that's cool and all, so what do you want? <laughs> and, David, and David picks out a very nice cubic zirconia ring. But no. No knocking cubic zirconia. I totally understand. I have no However, idea what that means. Cubic zirconia is like that 
thick diamond-looking jewelry. It's typically an all-novelty jewelry. Mm-hmm. Like, you would go to a store, and if you want something that looks like a diamond that's, like, $10, that's a cubic zirconia. Well, at least he's not spending real money on it. Yeah. I mean, probably for his benefit, but also in, like, the point chance this is real it's really funny i feel like that supports the fact that he doesn't even think it's real exactly you know the fact that he's not buying a real diamond means he doesn't think it's real either yeah that or he's just so cheap he just doesn't want to like spend money on it because he has to save up for his big ass rv isn't this the same guy that's been sending her money yeah he sent her over like a hundred thousand dollars through this website specifically that's insane no this guy knows it's a it's a scam at least by this if he didn't know it the whole time by this point he knows it's a scam the fact that he's buying a shitty fake ring and has spent that much money on her already nah he's in on it the whole thing is stupid yeah right before he goes to ukraine we find out that in his 60 years of life he has been engaged twice Mm-hmm. And both engagements have fallen through. Yeah. Because according to him, the women he was engaged to were not ready for a lifetime commitment. I'm wondering if these were just kind of the same sort of thing, like young, hot women who think he's rich. And when they realize that he's probably well off when he lives like a cheapskate, or he's just weird, or... He's also been engaged to other chatbots. We really don't know. <laughs> yeah. This guy, he's something. I don't know. You know, assuming but, that it's not just all sexual, I would love to see, like, the copies of their IMs. Like, what do you talk about? If it's not just, like, sex-related, what are they talking about in these chat rooms all the time? Good question. Because the first episode we see David, they go to a park. So he can get on his laptop and start chatting to her. <laughs> which, if you don't know what this guy's doing, looks super creepy. Yeah. Like, no old guy takes their laptop to a park just for the heck of it. It's usually for something creepy, if it happens at all. Like, no one in their right mind does this. Oh, yeah, no. That's, I mean, that, that sounds like a thing production wanted him to do. Yeah. But um, they are chatting back and forth about what she's going to wear during their first meeting because she's meeting him at the train station. She's going to wear a blue dress. And he says, that sounds great. <laughs> and before they log off, she sends him a bunch of like emojis. And one is a devil emoji. And the producer asks him what that means. And he's like, that's usually what we send each other when we're like talking about other things. And it basically assumes that they, like, have pet sex over this chat room, which obviously doesn't surprise anybody, but... No, that's the whole point of that chat room. Yeah, no, he basically goes into the chat room and, like, narrates their last couple words, and he says, I'm typing out, can't wait to see you, and, mmm. And it just sounds so creepy, and I'm going to try and find the clip of it, and send it to you so you can watch later because it's super creepy. But Joy, yeah. I'm so excited to watch this clip. <laughs> so he goes to Ukraine. He's met at the airport by his friend Anya, who literally is just there to say hello to him and drive with him to her, his hotel. And then she leaves. Mm-hmm. That's literally it. Do you think that she um, is trying to, you know, be a supportive friend? Or do you think it's, you know, her wanting to get on TV for five minutes? I think she's genuinely trying to be a supportive friend. I don't know how much... She doesn't really come off as somebody who wants to be on TV. Yeah. Um, Their conversation didn't really sound like a stereotypical narrated conversation that the friends have with the American before they're going off to do whatever they're going to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they definitely asked her to do it specifically for production, but it didn't seem like anything different than they normally would do. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. 
basically drops him off at the hotel and that's it. And the next time we see David, he is getting ready to meet Lana. And he puts on a, he tells her that he's going to wear a purple shirt and he's putting on his shirt and he's getting ready and he goes to the train station and he's waiting and he's waiting <laughs> and more trains come in and more people are getting off and none of them look like Lana and he starts to freak out and he's like, I don't know where she is. I don't know what's going on. What's happening? Oh my gosh, she's not here. And so he goes to a an internet cafe because the only way he can get in contact with her is through this chat room. So he opens up his laptop and doesn't see that she's online. So, but he sends her a message anyway saying, I waited at the train station. Where are you? And that's where we leave David. Wow. I can't believe they're going to drag it on for another episode. See, and that's what I don't like about these catfishing people funny but because it's drug out so long it just seems so obviously fake yeah and that's kind of my issue with Yolanda and Williams too which we'll get to next but it's either you're just too old and dumb to use the internet or are faking it all for this show and the more this goes on and the more they draw it out the more it looks fake Yeah, I don't know. It just sounds very, it sounds very fake. And I can't imagine it actually makes for that great of TV. But then again, there is a whole show that's dedicated to people that have been catfished. So maybe I'm wrong. And see, see, I think if 90 Day and TLC keep going in this direction of these fake relationships, they're going to have to change the way they do this show. Mm -hmm. Because... We saw this last season with Caesar and Maria. We're seeing it now with Yolanda and Williams and David and Lana. And it's just drug out and it's not that compelling. And that's why Catfish is still successful because it's one episode, like one couple, and it's resolved at the end. Yeah, it's not waiting, waiting, and waiting for them to, you know, finally get the blow that it's not real. Yeah. Exactly. Or it's real, but it wasn't what they expected. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's David. I'm going to just go ahead and say he's not going to meet Lana <laughs> on his fourth trip, and I hope it's his last. Oh, um, but we'll see. I think, I don't know, he also kind of gives me the impression that because he's been single for so long and he's just this weird, nerdy guy that I don't know if he knows any better, like, I don't know if he could even have a regular relationship. Let's go into Yolanda and Williams briefly, because not a lot happens, but it's still a good update. Yeah. So, basically, the last time we talked, I told you that she was booking her trip to England, and Williams couldn't tell her the name of the airport, correct? Yes. So, basically, after that conversation, Williams starts to ghost Yolanda. Of course he does. And William starts to ghost Yolanda because he's realized now that she is coming and whether or not he lives in Manchester or England or Timbuktu or wherever, he knows the thing is up. Yeah. So he starts ghosting her and he deletes his entire Instagram. Oh my and God. And it just disappears. And Yolanda is just like, I don't know what happened to it. It was just here, and now it's not. I just don't understand. And it's so stupid. And it's like, Yolanda, baby girl. Baby girl, Yolanda. This is not real. Like, you're not going to England. You're not going to meet this hot dude. It's not going to happen. So next time we see Yolanda, she's in a store shopping with her friends. And she basically, at this point, finally gets a hold of Williams again. And Williams' whole Instagram has changed. Like, name, photos are all gone. And Yolanda asks Williams about it. And Williams is like, I have no idea what happened to my Instagram. I'm just as confused as you are. (laughs) And it's just so obviously not true. Yeah. Like, he knows why it looks different. He's, I don't know why he 
start engaging with her again or what he did, but... I bet he's hoping he can try and... I bet he's probably hoping he's try he can get something out of her. You yeah. know, if well, she's still talking to him. Well, originally, he suggested coming to see her, and he wanted money for the ticket and asked her for it. But she was like, no, I'll just come see you. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it's a whole thing. He probably thinks he can still try and get something from her. Yeah, it, it's dumb. So that's basically where we have Yolanda. Oh, Yolanda. Yeah, it's, you know, she seems a lot personality-wise. I like her more than all these other guys I've seen in this catfish storyline. But the same thing, the longer they drag it out, the stupider it looks. Yeah. So that's Yolanda. There's really not a lot else to talk about. Oh, baby girl Yolanda. So, baby girl Lisa lands in Nigeria and meets her hot, sexy Nigerian rapper boyfriend, Soja Boy, for the first time. Oh, my God. And they make out, and it looks really gross. And Soja Boy brings his two friends to the airport, and they meet Lisa for the first time, too. And they are also a little shocked at Lisa's appearance as their Soja Boy, just a little bit. Well, he still uh, makes out with her. Huh? I said he still makes out with her, so, you know. That's true. So there's a, there was one photo they showed that Lisa sent Soja Boy. And it, you can tell it's Lisa, but you can tell it's like one of those, like, state-tuned ones that smooths you out to yeah. look better. And you can tell she did that. It's very obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, so they make out, she meets his friends, they go to the car to go drive back to their house or their hotel. Definitely a hotel. Um, and the, Lisa gets in the car and one of the friends asks Soji Boy, like, you okay, dude? And <laughs> Soji Boy's like, yes, yes, I'm fine, everything's fine. Um, so I think the friends were way more surprised about Lisa than Usman was. But, uh, yeah. So... They get in the car, they're driving to the hotel. Soja Boy and Lisa just make out the whole time. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, like, not cute. And then they leave the friends at the hotel, and they go to their own room. And the next time we see Baby Girl Lisa and Usman, a.k.a. Soja Boy, they're in bed the next morning, and they're, like, loving on each other, and it's very obvious they boned. Wow, maybe her no-condom plan worked. I don't think so, because Soulja Boy does an ITM interview about how good it was, and he said it was 70% good, and Lisa is 70% good of what he expected. Yeah, that's um, funny, because we've talked about that clip before, because I know they've been using yeah. it as a promo clip, and that's funny that it ends up being specifically about their sex. Super gross. Lisa says in her ITM, she says, Nigerians making love and Americans making love are two different things. And I'm like, I don't like where this is going. Oh, no. And basically, she had to, she asked Soldier Boy if he knew what oral sex was. Of course. And, and of course, Soldier Boy says no. But then she had to tell him. And it was awesome. And, oh, my God, so great. And... She just wants to kiss him, and it's gross. Oh, it's goodness. Gross. I feel like that's the um, most graphic description of sex that we've seen in this yeah, show. She, like, somebody going into details. Does, yeah. She does not hold back. So the next morning, they have breakfast with his friends at the hotel, and the conversation turns to her meeting Soja Boy's mom. The friends ask, if she doesn't give her blessing, will you guys still get married? And Lisa's like, yeah, of course we're going to do that. And Soja Boy and his friends are like, I don't know if that's going to be possible. And Lisa's like, what? You didn't tell me this. You said we'd get married no matter what. And she gets pissed off and storms off. Um, which is like the first time we see her do this. This is basically a trend. Uh-huh. She gets mad. She storms off. They leave the hotel to go to their house because she wants to check it out. And she 
she wants to see where he lives. And Lisa is just appalled because she's like, this doesn't look like a celebrity's house. <laughs> and it's just so annoying. Like, it just is not a good look for Lisa. Like, this whole thing is just like ugly American, not fully getting it type deal. Yeah. It was just not good. She's like, thank God you're still staying at the hotel because I couldn't stay here. And it's just a nightmare. Yeah. Then they go to the studio where he sat down and recorded her song. And she just thinks it's so special. This is the same song from the music video that she hates? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. And... Also at the studio is the video director who made this special video. Wow. Um, they straight up do a, a video or a ITM with the video director. And he's like, I don't even want to take credit for the video anymore because so many outward opinions have affected the work and it's totally different from my vision. A.K.A. Lisa ruined his video, and he's embarrassed by it. <laughs> oh, my Which God. Which is totally understandable. I would be pissed, too, if I put all this effort in working something that looks pretty good for what it is. And this crazy American is so crazy jealous that there's a hot woman in the video and not, like, an air bubble of Lisa in Sochi Boy's mind or whatever she wants. So I'd be pissed, too, if that was my video. So then Lisa meets the uh, video director at the, state, the studio. And it's definitely really awkward. And you can kind of tell the video director is not thrilled to meet her, but she's, like, being real smug about it. And he calls Lisa the queen of queens. <laughs> which I take as him saying, you're a snobby bitch, but I'm going to say it in a nice way. Yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. Um, yeah. So then him and Usman start talking in their native language, so they can't under- Lisa can't understand. And Lisa keeps asking Sochi Boy what he's saying, and he's, like, leaving specific things out, not to piss her off. So is it, are they showing, do they have it captioned with the translation? Yes. Okay. I can't remember what they said, but, yeah. They also go and meet, one of Usman's friends, Abba, talked about what's been going on with Lisa and how Lisa has been making Soji Boy's career difficult mm-hmm. because she's such a nightmare about female fans. Which, I'm sorry, if this is his legit career, you cannot be getting mad about. You know what I mean? They're at dinner, they're talking at this guy, and Abba straight up is savage about... Um, about Lisa. He, uh, he's like, are you trying to destroy his music career? And she just goes off on this guy and tells him that he's being fucking disrespectful and that he's being so rude and that he needs to stop. And it was just, again, Lisa gets up and walks away. So him and Lisa get this huge fight because the friend straight up like you are acting way too jealous you need to not care so much about female fans the fact that you made him change the video is totally ridiculous this is a love song and in videos they have models and just because the song is about you doesn't mean literally has to have you in it yeah and she's like that's not okay that's not okay and the friend's like well, don't, in the United States, don't they use models in music videos? And she's like, no, that's not how they do things. Which, I don't know what makes her an expert, but okay, ma'am. That's (laughs) definitely how they do things. So it's basically this whole conversation. And then he asks about her straight up if she's trying to destroy his music career. And she just goes off on him. She's like, why are you disrespecting me? Why are you being so rude? I can't take it. And she storms off again. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So, the next time we see Lisa and Soja Boy, Lisa's like, I feel like you don't 
respect me and you don't respect my feelings. I'm hurting over this. And they're scheduled to go to his release party that night. And she's like, I don't want that idiot there. I don't want to see him. So that's where we leave them. Oh, baby girl, Lisa. Yeah. Having so a bit of a freak out. Not, this is not going to go well for her, no matter what, what the outcome is. If she's going to keep this attitude, like, it's not okay. That's so funny. I just... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was no way she was going to... He was going to make it to the U.S. to marry her anyways, but... Yeah. So... Remember when I told you that her demand was to take the model out of the video? Yeah. So I found that video, finally. It took me a while. Mm-hmm. But I finally found that video. And it's basically Soja Boy singing the song. And then in all the parts where the model was supposed to be, there's all this stock footage of different places. Uh, one of the... One piece of stock footage straight up looks like Puerto Rico. Because <laughs> um, it's been there and it looks like old San Juan and the mission and whatnot. And at the very end of the video, there is a photo of Lisa. And it says, dedication to my fiance, Lisa. And it, you can tell it's like an old, larger woman in this photo. Oh my God, I love it so it's, much. I'm going to send you this link, and it's so basic. Like, you're going to laugh. Oh, I'm so um, excited. It's terrible. It's, it's not good. No wonder they took this video down. Like, it's not good. Or they took the link off of his social media because it's not good. Yeah. Um, I definitely feel for that video director. <laughs> it's so funny, though. It is. It really is. But, man, no matter what his thing is like he's not gonna have a successful career if no matter if she stays with him or not if she keeps doing this yeah then um also the last time we see them soldier boy straight up says he wants to get married to lisa have kids and maintain his status with soldier boy in the united states which that sounds cool and all but he's already a soldier boy there's a, exactly. There's already a soldier boy. You're going to have to change your stage name. Second of all, Lisa is 53 years old. Her window to have oh children has sailed. It has left the harbor and it's not coming back. Oh my god. Especially like you the know? amount of time it would take, even if they did lift travel vans and whatnot. Like, in the near future, by the time he were to make it here and they could actually start procreating, like, that's not happening. Yeah. No, it's not happening. Like, the only option they would have is, like, an IVF surrogate. And that's not, I don't want to say it's not in the cards, but it's all—it's not realistic. Is that the word I'm looking for? Realistic. And do you think either of them have the financial means to be able to afford that? That's so expensive. I I highly doubt it. So, yeah. I I don't see this going well, no matter what happens. Oh, God. That's freaking funny, though. So, yeah. That's them. Um, let's go into Erica and Stephanie. Okay. So... It, uh, Stephanie has told her friends what she's doing. She hasn't straight up told her mom why she's going to Australia. She's just telling her mom that she's going to go see a friend. And then we finally get to meet Erica. So Erica, we first meet her when she is at a, quote, kangaroo sanctuary for work, taking photos of all the roos. Cute. Um, yeah, it is, it is pretty cute. And I like Erica so far. She is from a place in Australia called Port Augusta, which just from the Google Maps search that I quickly did is a tiny town. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is a small of a town is my hometown. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely the type of place where everybody knows each other. There's not a lot of people. You probably have dated the same people your whole life. 
and there's not a lot of new people coming in and out of the country. Yeah. It's probably so, also, just based on that description, it's probably also not an easy place to be LGBTQ. Exactly. So, like Stephanie, Erica has not fully come out to her parents, so she's nervous about that, which is genuine. I totally get that. We see, after she leaves the kangaroo sanctuary, she goes to meet her friends in this, what looks like a dried up riverbed, um, where I guess everyone hangs out. Um, they just ask her questions about Stephanie and how they met and if she's nervous and which is all, it's totally normal conversation. Like there's nothing about, uh, Erica so far that seems such like she seems like a total genuine person and I like her. Mm-hmm. She's a really eccentric person. Like she has this like pink and purple hair she has, like, a very loud way of dressing, really flashy, and I like her. She's a cool chick. Yeah. So, Stephanie gets on the plane and flies into Australia to meet Erica, and they meet, and it's super cute. It's super sweet. They're both very giddy to see each other, and they're holding hands, and it's just adorable. So, they go to a hotel in Adelaide, because they decided to stay there for her trip, because... Erica's hometown is not that large. So they want to just hang out in Adelaide for a bit and they have some champagne in the hotel room and they start making out in the bathroom. <laughs> That's basically what their story is. Like they're building it up to be like, oh, I'm nervous to do things. I'm nervous to be intimate with someone. But nobody seems to be that nervous once they get to the hotel. Oh, yeah, no. Like I definitely think out of all the couples on the show, this is one of the legit ones. Yeah, they sound very genuine. Yeah. We haven't seen too much from them yet. They've just met. It's just been a lot of build-up to their meeting, and now they're together, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. They sound cute. Like, they sound, you know, they sound, again, they sound very genuine. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about Ava and Ash. Since we're already down in <laughs> So Avery and Ash are together now in Australia. Ash bought Avery a bunch of roses that are black to greet her with as her welcome to Australia, which is kind of weird, but I think it's just their thing. And I think they're both just two weird people. And when the producer asked Ash if he knows what black roses usually symbolize. Ash is like, yes, but from darkness. <laughs> and I don't not like Ash, but I feel like everything he says is like this cliche, stereotypical, like, saying, and he's not really saying a lot. Mm-hmm. He's using a bunch of big words and cliche things, but he's not saying a lot. Yeah. Um, So him and Avery are going to be in an Airbnb because he lives with his brother and his brother specifically asked him to get an Airbnb, which to me sounds like I want you to get an Airbnb because I know you're going to be banging the whole time and I don't want to hear it. Oh yeah. Or Or it's like, I want you to get an Airbnb because I don't like this chick and I'm mad that this is happening. It could be both. Yeah, exactly. So they're in this Airbnb. There's two rooms and Avery says, I'm going to take this room and then maybe later on you can migrate over here with me and trying to be cute and coy. Next episode we see them and they're straight up in bed. They definitely bang. <laughs> it did not take a lot for him to migrate over. <laughs> um, so, basically, they do this ICM with both of them, and the producer's like, did you sleep? How much sleep did you get? What did you guys do last night? So, basically, both of them were very coy about it, but, like, it's obvious they fucked. Yeah. And Avery's just, like, he was, like, the best I've ever had, period. And I'm like, damn, those are some strong words. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, so they're just in bed, they're lovey, they're cute. And I don't hate them 
as much as I thought I was going to. They kind of seem like a genuine couple. And I totally into it. So they make breakfast. And they talk about going to dinner with the brother that night. And that's when they kind of tease that the brother is not happy that Avery is here. Mm-hmm. So they go to dinner. Right off the bat, I think Ash's brother is way better looking than him because he doesn't have the crazy eyes that Ash does. <laughs> Ash, like, has, Ash has this very intense stare, like he's going to murder someone. And the brother has, like, more of an almond shape. He looks more relaxed. He looks more like he didn't give a fuck. Yeah. And this dinner is so awkward. He's just basically asking Avery all these questions, like, how are your kids going to handle it if Ash comes over? Like, what about your past relationships? Why haven't they been successful? And, like, Avery straight up says she feels like she is in a job interview, and it's really awkward. Mm-hmm. So, at dinner, Avery ordered a drink. And Ash decides to follow suit. And the brother has, like, this weird issue with it. He's just like, oh, wow, you're ordering a drink? You never order drinks. All of a sudden, she's here, and now she's changing you. And it's super weird and awkward. And it just, it's very obvious he does not like Avery. Yeah. And then, just if you saw this, but if you just saw this one incident with them, it looks like the brother's kind of being an asshole. Yeah. But then you kind of remember, or the brother brings up, well, you guys have broken up a couple times in the past. Why are you here now? What makes it different? How is it going to be different? You know, that's a valid question. Yeah. Because apparently, one of the times they broke up was because Ash bought these leather bracelets for them, and put them on social media and tagged Avery in it, and Avery freaked out and said she couldn't handle that much, like, love and attention. It was really weird. What? Yeah. I don't get it. So, I don't get it either. It just seemed really weird, and that's basically where we leave them, is at that dinner. Mm-hmm. So, definitely, I think, out of everybody on this show, besides Stephanie and Erica, this is also a legit couple. They just also have some issues that they haven't worked out. Yeah. So we'll see where that leads them. Quickly gloss over Tom and Darcy. So at this point, Darcy goes to the spa with her sister and their best friend. And it's these three ladies in high heels and swimsuits in their spa rows, hanging out at the spa. And they're discussing the sleazy photos that Tom posted with this new woman who Darcy calls a Darcy lookalike, but she's not. Yeah. She's like a hot, blonde, young woman. And if anything, Darcy's just blonde. Like, <laughs> Dar- Darcy's a good-looking woman. She's had a lot of work done, but she's a good-looking woman. But this is not a Darcy lookalike. Yeah. And they're just having this whole conversation, like, did he ever love me? Why should I meet up with him in New York if he's just going to break up with me if he's seen this woman? And her sister and her friend are telling her that she needs to stick up for herself and that she needs to not just stick up for herself over the phone. She needs to do it in person. And she needs to be a strong woman. I just don't understand why they're on this show. Like, because nothing about their, nothing about their story, nothing about anything we've talked about them sounds like something, like, before the 90 days, you know? Like, it really just sounds like they're only here, so when, you know, there's some hype for their own spinoff, and I'm just like, I don't care about them, because it's like, you're not even in a relationship, lady. Exactly. Um, And I, if they are on this show for any reason, I think it is for the suspected spinoff. Yeah. Because there's really not a lot to talk about with any of these people. After the spa, the next time we see either Tom or Darcy, Darcy is at home doing these weird facial makeup routines. You know those things that people are starting to use, like those rollers for your face? Yes, I have Um, seen that. I do know this thing you are referring to. Yeah, she's doing something like that, except it's electric. She looks like she's doing her makeup, and she's like, I'm on my way to New York, and I'm going to go see Tom. And then we see Tom for the first time since 
their phone call on their first episode. And he's like, I'm here in New York for business. And I'm also here to meet Dossie. And I want to tell her how much she means to me. And it just seems so, like, not genuine. It's, it's fake, yeah. It's... Just whatever. So we see them going off to meet each other. We'll see what happens. I don't care about them. Like, they're not, there's nothing about them that I feel like actually speaks to this show. You know? No. Honestly, I love how much of a hotness Darcy is sometimes, but there's really not a lot to talk about. She's still, she's just playing up this illusion that she's in this relationship with Tom, even though they're not, because nobody blocked their significant other on social media. Yeah. It was just stupid. Well, that, and he's um, dating someone else. Like, they literally see them posting photos. <laughs> like, it's not even, oh, like, that he, significant other blocked her on social. No, there's some yeah. dude that she used to date blocked her on social media and is now dating someone else. Exactly. And if you've been a fan of this show for so long, you've seen this all play out on social media. It's not going to go well. Um, okay, we're going to save the worst for last. Woo. Which is Ed and Rose. Oh, Ed. So, I'm going to say it now. Ed has surpassed Tanya as the most hated cast member of 90 Day ever. Oh, wow. That yeah. did not take long. I I don't think I'll ever get on the Ed train ever after what we've witnessed. Mm-hmm. So, Ed and Rose have met in the Philippines. They spend their first night together in a hotel in separate beds. When Rose came to meet him at the hotel, she didn't bring, like, pajamas. And Ed thought that was, quote, really bad that she didn't have pajamas. So the next day, they go to this outdoor market so he can go buy Rose pajamas. Mm-hmm. What a hero. Um, so they're walking around. It's crowded. It's hot. Whatever shirt Ed wore is one of those shirts that, like, is very visible for sweat. Yeah. So he's just this hot, sweaty mess, and he's not having a good time. Yeah. So they buy Rose pajamas, and Rose is helping him pay, and she just straight up pulls money out of his wallet and hands it to the guy and says, keep the change. And Ed gets pissed. Mm-hmm. And I think somebody on the Pillow Talk Show, it's the show where us old cast members watch the new show. They did the calculation of like how much the change was, and it was like three dollars. Yeah, it wasn't anything significant, but it pissed Ed off, and he wanted to go somewhere where they could be in air conditioning. So, what is what do they do? What do you think they do? Um, go back to the hotel. No, they go get Manny Petty. Oh, fun. So yeah. you, so you viewers that are listening right now know um, my dog is sitting outside of my bedroom begging to come in, which is why we don't usually record at my apartment. So that is that high-pitched squealing noise you're probably all hearing at this moment. <laughs> so they go get Manny Teddy's, and here's Big Ed again asking Rose about her ex-boyfriend and her past her friends on Facebook and how many of them are men and all these nonsense questions. And Rose is just not engaging with it, which I don't blame her for. You know, the thing that hasn't been talked about, and I don't think will, is whether or not there's anything in her past that there's a reason she doesn't want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Which could be really dark or sad or she just doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. You know? Like, or she, totally... That's the other thing. She could just not want to talk about it on television, which is perfectly reasonable. Exactly. And he cannot handle that. And it's really irritating. So, after the Manny Petties, they go to dinner. And this is where Ed drops the bomb that he wants to take the STD test. And oh. Rose is like okay, I can do that. Come with me, and you can get one, too. Mm-hmm. Ed does not like this. 
he says he doesn't want to take a test there. He doesn't feel comfortable taking a test in the Philippines, and he would rather take one in the States. Oh, my God. So the test is good enough for her to take in the Philippines, but not him. And this causes a fight. And he accuses her that she's not being honest with him and that she's hiding stuff from him. And this is why he doesn't trust her. And he gets mad and says he can't be with someone who's not honest. What? Yeah. What does that have to do with any... Oh, my... I just... (sighs) It gets dark. Yeah. So, Rose starts crying at the table. Ed walks out, and he's pissed off because, according to him, Rose is lying to him, and now he doesn't believe in love, and he's not being honest, and he doesn't understand why she won't take the test, and he gets really upset, and then starts just going off on her. Mm-hmm. And Rose, Rose comes out of the restaurant, and Ed's like, Who's Prince's dad? Where is he? How many people have you dated since Prince's dad? Oh, my God. It's a not good look. And, oh, it's it's gross. He Um, sounds awful. He sounds like a complete and total asshole. It really does. And Rose gets pissed, and she says she's going home. And then here comes Ed asking, like, a great guy. He's like, no, too dangerous for you to go home. Let me get you a hotel room somewhere else. So he makes this big deal about getting her a hotel. And he puts her in a cab and slams the door. And is just so upset and goes on and on about how he doesn't believe in love. And she's not honest. And it's so terrible. And 90-day viewers everywhere just are rioting on the internet because of this scene. Like, it's so fucking awful and so gross and it makes me so mad as a fan of the show. It makes me mad as a woman. It makes me mad because anybody would treat somebody like that. Yeah. And it's just, ugh, it's not, it's not good. And then the next time we see Ed, he's in his hotel room and he's really sad. He feels so bad about how he talked to Rose and he just wants to talk to her. So he's been calling her and texting her and she's not picking up. Good for her. Yeah. Like, for real. Like, good um, for her. He does not. She, he, he, he sounds like just the level of entitlement, you know, that he has. Yeah. And it's just like. She's under no obligation to spot, to talk to you. You insulted her to her face, you know, like, yeah. and then, you know, the whole part about, like, him asking about her kid's father, like, fuck you, dude. You don't know the, you don't know what led to all that. For all you know, it could be something not ideal. Well, and here's happens. the here's yeah. the other thing. It's none of his business until she decides to make it his business. Exactly. She's under no obligation exactly. to tell him anything. Exactly. She's a 23-year-old woman. He's a 54-year-old man who claims he hasn't been in a relationship in 28 years, which I don't necessarily not buy, but I don't think he's been celibate for those 28 years. Yeah. Like, you know, like, how dare you? Yeah. So, it was really hard to watch. Rose was really hurt by it. She straight up says, like, she's accusing me of being a dirty woman. And I I felt so bad for her in that moment. I still feel bad for her. I really hope she cuts her losses and tells this guy to keep out because that was not okay. Yeah. Well, hopefully... Um, yeah, so that's where we are in the before the 90 Days universe. Hopefully, we have resolutions to this season, even with everything else going on. But yeah, that's what is going on. What are your thoughts? Ooh, just the level of dumpster fires. How many episodes were you just recapping? Just curious. Two. Two. 
Yeah, that's like, that's a lot of dumpster fires for two episodes, man. Yeah, once you get past the episodes where they introduce everybody, that's when, like, the real juice starts happening. Yeah. So, yeah, those are the last two episodes I just watched. Um, So I'll keep you informed about what else is going on in the 90 Days universe. Uh, Also, Megan, how is self-isolating going for you during these trying times? Oh, it's fun stuff. I've been playing a lot of video games. I've been watching a lot of TV, um, including uh, Tiger King, which many of our listeners, I feel like, have probably watched by now. Um, So yeah, I'm just hanging in there. Um, As far as I'm aware, I don't think either of us have, have been exposed, so we're both, you know... We're healthy. We're just staying at home, staying safe. How about you, Ashley? I'm doing about the same. I also just finished Tiger King, and I loved it. Um, really dark, really sad overall. So good. I, I loved it. Have you heard of that disease that people get, or someone told me there's some sort of disease that I think it comes from, like, the bacteria of cat poop? Somebody else was like, I saw somebody, another, I was talking to some other friends about this show and someone else brought that up. Like, do you all, do, do you think they all are, have that cat poop disease? And I was like, what are you guys talking about? Or the tiger poop disease. And I have no yeah, idea what I, it is, but apparently that's a thing that people that keep yeah. tigers get some illness from them. Well, I've only heard it in the context of house cats, like small domesticated cats. Huh. that people can get this disease. So I'm under the impression that this is in regular domesticated cats. Is this same disease in wild animals? And is it maybe one of the reasons why all these people are so eccentric? <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like you have to be a certain level of eccentric just to be willing to spend all of your money on tigers to begin with. Yeah. You know... Like, There's definitely an amount of eccentricity and narcissism that goes along with this trade. I feel like it's it's a it's a chicken versus the egg situation. <laughs> exactly. Do you think Carol killed her husband and fed him to the tigers? I do not think Carol killed her husband and fed him to the tigers. I think she yeah. definitely. I think she definitely did some shady shit with the will, but I yeah. don't. I don't, I don't know, I don't, or I could see even, like, an accident happening, but, like, that takes a lot of dedication to, she's very, she's, so I actually knew about Carol before this show came out, um, because I'm, she's, she's very famous, I mean, she's very, like, she's very well known, um, back in Florida, like, that tiger sanctuary she runs is a huge deal, like, I've been following her Facebook page for years, um, you know, it's Carol's, Carol's a big deal, but I just, I feel like somebody that's in the public spotlight that much, I, I feel like she doesn't seem like somebody that if she had killed him would have been careful enough to cover her tracks that well. And that's yeah. my main reason for why I don't think she did it. I'm not saying she hasn't so done shady stuff, but she just doesn't seem careful enough to cover her tracks if she had killed him. Exactly. I personally, no matter who you are, I don't think anybody's smart enough to cover their own tracks when they kill people. That's why shows like Stateline exist. (laughs) My only thing is, like, there's no evidence. I feel like if he would have taken his own illegal plane and gone somewhere and had some sort of plane accident, there still would have been a record of that plane missing or some sort of paper trail. I don't know if she did it, but I don't know if she didn't do it. Yeah. I'm like 50-50, it could go either way. Yeah. Um, but you never know. Stranger things have happened. It's true. So, yeah. Um, if any of our listeners would like to give us some suggestions on what to watch during these... Trying times. <laughs> yes. These trying times, these self-quarantine slash stay-at-home orders, uh, give us your thoughts and send us your thoughts on our Twitter and Instagram page at For Reality Bell. 
And once again, please subscribe to our podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And if you give us a five-star review and a written review, we will give you a shout-out on our podcast, which you're about to do right now. <sighs> Who are we thanking, Ashley? So we're going to thank JJ Kool-Aid Man, who says, this is a great podcast, and he listened to the Love is Blind episode and loved it. And 10 out of 10 would recommend. So thank you, JJ Kool-Aid Man, for Thanks. your kind words. Thanks, Kool-Aid Man. Um, also, this is another reminder that we did cover Love is Blind a few weeks ago, and if you haven't listened to that, take a look at it. Uh, the next person we are going to give a shout-out to is to Lolo LCE, who says this is the best reality TV podcast, and she also loves the Love is Blind episode, and she said it was thoroughly entertaining. So thank you, Lolo. Thanks, Lolo. We greatly appreciate it. So that does it for us. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks, y'all. Talk to you next time.